Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left-hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Well, here we are at the Jayhawk Club at the men's and women's golf facility. This is the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon and our head men's golf coach, Jamie Bermel. Welcome to the pod. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Thanks for coming out and uh, visiting our home off campus. Uh, should be a fun, uh, fun podcast today. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this facility. You and I were, were, were very uh, uh, involved in this. You weigh more than me, but, but, you know, what was it, six, seven years ago? That we're really probably go back nine years before we started raising the money to do it. And the Jayhawk Club has transformed into what it is today from Albemarle, the club that I knew my, my whole life. And just talk about how important this facility is when you go around and you recruit golfers from all over the country and really all over the world. We've got guys from Canada. We've had New Zealand. And you bring them to Kansas. And without this facility, how was it recruiting? And now with it. How does this building help you build a program that's now gone to seven straight NCAA regionals? Yeah, it was quite a process. Obviously, you were involved. Um, you know, as you go through the recruiting process, uh, kids all the time say they want to want to go to a school where they can play year-round. And uh, obviously, we have our limitations here, especially in December and January with weather. Um, so uh, we needed a place where... Uh, if a kid came to Kansas, he could play or at least practice year-round. Most importantly, I, I say see ball flight, see the ball fly outside. So um, a lot of uh, ideas, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of fundraising, a lot of uh, knocking on doors and shaking hands and talking to alums and donors and all that stuff. But it was a pretty clear vision what we wanted. Uh, we wanted a, a building where um, guys could get better, we want it big enough so the men and women could both be in here and practicing and doing doing what they needed to do. So what we came up with uh, five, six years ago, I think it's been open, maybe seven now, um, is uh, very functional, and it certainly helps with recruiting and, and uh, attracting some great talent. Now, it's one thing to use this as a recruiting tool. Tell us a little bit about how it's used on a daily basis and how it's helped elevate the game of your players. Sure. So obviously we have indoor, indoor uh, putting green. We have an, uh, a simulator inside, uh, hitting bays going out. So, you know, we want this to be the home away from home for the kids. So if they, you know, has internet, whatever, a lounge, a uh, place to hang out. So, you know, we want, it, want folks to come out uh, in between classes, before classes, after classes. You know, we have uh, a track man uh, launch monitor which is really a doppler radar so it can track the ball at night as well so if a kid comes out eight o'clock at night throws open the door he can get feedback on his on his golf ball and all that um so it's uh it's got a multi-use uh you do short game in here as well as uh, work on your long game so really no excuses no excuses once you get here and why you shouldn't elevate your game to to new heights because we've got uh the state-of-the-art uh training facility I think so. You know, it, we have – I think we've touched everything, but uh, we don't have a sand trap in here. 
because we didn't want dust in the building. Well, if you're good enough here, then you don't get in the sand, that's right? right? Well, yeah, you sh- that's <laughs> well, a good Well, you point. know, talk about how golf has evolved as a golf coach. So it used to be you go out and play 18 holes and you figured things out. But guys, wanna, guys and gals want to practice more, and that's why these are so important. And we look at our facilities at Kansas – we got a great football facility. We basketball teams have indoor facilities, weight rooms right there. And facilities are so important, which we just talked about. But just the, the idea that kids, they want to practice more. They're so technical now. And you have to have the technology and the trackmans and the simulators and the ability to host or have this indoor facility, like you said, with our weather. So talk a little bit about how players have evolved to where they still play but they probably practice more. Yeah, I would say that's a fair statement. I, I think, you know, with the with the cell phone, the iPhone, whatever uh, phone they have, you know, they're getting instant feedback, whether it be via video or or, or hooking up to the track man and getting data, constant data uh, on each each ball. They're getting six or seven different uh, things uh, feedback right away. So. You know, when you practice with Pro-V range balls and you get instant data and you get instant feedback, I think kids want they want that more, it seems like, uh, because we're kind of an instant, um, you know, instant data, instant messaging society right now. So, um, you know, you can certainly get lost back on the back of the range with the track man or, or launch monitor, whatever you need, and, and getting the information you need and, 10, 20, 30 minutes where you oh, play 18 holes takes you four hours. One guy who doesn't need to practice, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I heard. Last week, Wayne Simeon, first hole-in-one of his life. So take us through your thought process, your club selection, <laughs> where your head was at, what did you visualize. And then most importantly, let's talk about after the round. You and I, you and I had a discussion yesterday or the day before about how it all works and you kind of got off pretty cheap correct yeah we're talking about how it all works i'm just figuring out how this thing all works because i'm just now getting into golf you're giving me great athlete you're giving me way too much credit uh but it's something that i'm enjoying in large part because folks like you and 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 the the basketball coaching staff uh, that's just kind of what we do now right we fill in the, the competitive void uh, was something that uh, that old guys can do without without getting hurt. And so, what was the yardage? What club did you uh, hit? One forty five, uh, eight eight iron. It was kind of Whoa. a stiff wind. One hundred forty five uh, eight iron. It's kind of weak, right? Into the wind though. Just I mean, fair. I mean, do you want to be critical of a hole in one? Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Can't, no, just, is that even allowed? Like, no, no. Yeah, just, okay. Just so, analyzing yeah, is yeah, all I'm so, doing. Uh, I mean. So, so very good, very good. Yeah, hit it, hit a really good uh, shot the hole before, and just kind of built off the momentum there and. Bounce, bounce. How bad was roll. the barbell? She disappeared. Um, not, not a bad barbell at all. Like I didn't even know that was a part of the uh, the etiquette. And uh, it was actually at a, a school fundraiser, and so apparently that nullified me from having to actually pay the bar tab, which you can't actually try to hop in on retroactively because I know that's what you're going to try to do. That's so what we, that's what we talked about the other day. One. Maybe for my next hole in one. It's, I don't really care what you say. I'm, I'm going to hop Whenever we're out again, I ain't paying. And you ain't paying, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, no. That, yeah, you have to pay for the hole in one. It's, it's just how it is. It's the code. You know, Wayne, talk about hole in one. Coach me up. Yeah, coach yeah. me up. How many have you had? I've had one legit and two messing around which really don't count because i was messing around but uh 
Uh, I would count them. There, well, I was, <laughs> we were at Fresno State. This was probably 20 years ago, and they had a, a college jam after the practice round. So one of the par threes, they put like five pins in, in, the, uh, in the green. And I said, give me two balls. I guarantee you I can make a hole in one. Oh, you guarantee it. I guaranteed it. It ain't cocky if you back it up. That's right. And so uh, one of the kids gave me a six iron. It's like 185 yards. Um, I, I know for certain I barely cleared the water, and the water was literally 30 yards short of the uh, grain. So – not a very good start, you know, but I was, I had two balls. I'm counting it. And, and I said, it. okay, so uh, give me another ball. And everybody, nobody would give me a ball because they, I barely cleared the water. So somebody gave me a ball and I made a whole one second shot, but that doesn't count. But what I wanted to tell you, Wayne, is I have guys in my team that have never had a hole in one. So you've reached a new level. So if I have some eligibility left, can we talk about maybe getting on? Getting on the squad? Well, I have to go through the team rules okay. first because okay. I don't know if you would, uh, you know, at your age, you'd be, uh, you may be in violation. Oh, you've been of following J.R. Smith, the whole narrative with, <laughs> yeah. uh, with yeah. J.R. Smith. I haven't watched yeah. that. Is that a good show? I, haven't, I, haven't I, need, seen I need to watch that. I didn't that. watch Full Swing. Tony Finau's my guy. He's coming oh. off a big weekend. Yeah. Taller guy, big family. So I kind of I kind of like that yeah, deal. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so talked about the facility. Talked to, let's talk about your program. Seventh straight trip to the NCAAs. Jamie comes from Colorado State. Were you 13 years there? Yes, I was. And 12 out of 13 years made the NCAA. So the common denominator is this guy. Uh, lost a lot from last year and replenished, kept a couple guys, and you were able to figure it out in an extremely competitive Big 12. Uh, talk about this year's team. Talk, you're going to Norman, which you have some familiarity with, but haven't played that course, Correct. Uh, it's been a long time ago. In 97, I think, my Drake team. And not the greatest regional because you're going to be in with the top two seeds, right? Sure. But But last year, as we talked the other day, same deal in the advance. So right. talk a little bit about what's coming up and the season as a whole. Yeah, you know, a very interesting season. Um, we knew we were going to lose three uh, because they were seniors, fifth-year guys, but – you know, the transfer portal hit, and we lost a couple guys. And obviously, uh, you know, that when, when when they transfer, do you have time to react? And we didn't because uh, one of them was very, very late. But, uh, you know, we asked the, the new guys coming in. We had some transfers in as well. And we asked those guys to step up the uh, – the returners, Davis Cooper and William Duquette, they did a nice job of uh, filling the void and kept playing better and better. And so, um, you know, it was a combination of older guys playing better, uh, returners playing better, and then the new guys stepping up. Gunnar Brown transfer really had a nice year for us. Cecil Belisle, another transfer from a junior college, had a nice year. So, uh Throw in William Duquette and Davis Cooper, and then lo and behold, you have a a freshman, uh, William Will King from uh, Kansas City area, uh, step up and play. You know he doesn't play like a freshman. He's very very mature, pre med major, so he's got a lot of stuff going on. But really had a nice year for us. So you know that's something that I don't think is talked about enough with the in the realm of the transfer portal is it also creates an opportunity for guys to actually 
have next man up mentality, um, even when it is a top player. And so uh, did that surprise you when uh, some of those older guys stepped up uh, and, and filled that void? Did that surprise you when, when, when a Will King steps up and has the type of season that he did? Or was it something that, that you expected, uh, that you, you challenged those guys to do for the season? I'll be honest. I thought Will King was certainly a surprise. I, I actually saw him the first week in August up in Chicago, missed the cut, the junior PGA. Liked what I saw, thought he was a year or so away. Uh, but, you know, when he got to school, he just – he hits it where he's looking. He's got very good length for a young kid and, and puts it fairly well uh, at times. So, uh, he surprised me. Uh, the, the, the returners, you know, Davis Cooper, uh, he won last fall – not this past fall, but the year before, um, and kind of struggled in the spring. And then we go to regionals. Uh, he's not in the top five, and Callum Bruce gets sick, and Davis Cooper comes in and really plays well the last two rounds, and, and we were able to advance out of there. So uh, William Duquette's played on and off for a couple of years. But n neither of those two guys have been the guy, you know, leading the program and people relying on them. They've really stepped up. Uh, and done a nice job of that this year. How about go through how college golf works for the novice? So I know a lot about it. Wayne does too. Uh, but I don't think the public really understands how you operate a golf team, how many scholarships you have to work with that you have to – it's almost like a salary cap to, to put everyone together. How many guys are on the team? How many play? And how does the scoring work? And, again, let's just go – College golf for dummies for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, in men's college golf, you get four and a half scholarships. So, uh, we typically divide that up between 10, 11, 12 guys. Um, obviously, it's more expensive for the out-of-state kids or out-of-country kids. Uh, you know, our, our package, what we look for is we try to get a kid from, especially out-of-state, that has some academic money involved too. That helps his package or an international kid that's very smart get some academic money because at the end of the day, it's what what is it going to cost me to go to school? It doesn't matter what percent or whatever. So as parents, you want to know what the cost is. And so we, we have 10 to 12 guys. Uh, we qualify, you know, the first term of the year, we'll play six rounds and we'll figure out the top six. Uh, you know, we're somewhat score-based early in the year because we don't know. I mean, we don't know a lot about the new kids uh, at the college level because they're kind of untested. So, you know, we'll travel five or six guys. Usually we travel with an individual. So we go to a tournament, play five guys. We have an extra playing as an individual. So he's kind of playing unattached, just getting – Getting the experience. That could be Wayne next year. It could be, yeah. Or <laughs> doing an eligibility check, make sure he still has some. Fair. But yeah, it could be Wayne. Um, and so each 18-hole round you play, you have five guys playing, you count the low four scores. So, um, you know, your number one man, you know, hope you're hoping that every round he's counting. But there's times where they don't. But uh, in college golf, everybody's got an opportunity every 18 holes to help the team. So, um, and then obviously there's an individual champion uh, and a team champion after you typically 54 holes. About how can our fans get involved in Kansas golf, men's and women's? You, you and your assistant coach, Chris Wilson, have come up with the, the, the JL Golf Partners, which I'm, thank you for my 
year. Uh, but talk about how uh, Joe Fan can get involved and give back to Kansas golf. Yeah, you know, we have the Jayhawk Golf Partners, as, as you mentioned, which is a, it's kind of an insider look at KU golf. Uh, we do some functions with the, with the guys. Um, we do some clinics. So, you know, a, a person that uh, uh, may not be very skilled at golf can come out and enjoy enjoy some time with the guys, maybe pick up a few swing tips, get to know the kids more. So when you're watching uh, on the internet and you see Davis Cooper, you know, now there's a face and a connection. So, you know, that group of folks uh, helped us build this facility and helped us do the things we we need to do to be competitive. So, um, you know, uh, unlike basketball where you pay money to get a ticket or whatever, you know, all the anybody can come watch college golf and unfortunately we don't play in Lawrence but uh you know we're around the midwest and uh Hawaii's always a good place to come visit I like Hawaii yeah yeah one of my favorite thing about the program and then the the Jihad Golf Partners is the, the evolution or the return of the 1912 Jayhawk which currently both you guys are wearing right now and it does kind of have like a golfer's vibe, right? Yeah. I mean, it's classy, and I see it probably more on golf courses than I do anywhere else. So did you have uh, a part to play in kind of uh, re-promoting the 1912 uh, Jayhawk back into, the, uh, into the, the, the golf environment? You know, I wish I could take credit for that, but it was really Coach Wilson, um, my assistant, associate head coach. You know, we were looking for something that was kind of golf specific. You know, we talked to our marketing folks, and they didn't want uh, a golf club attached to the Jayhawk. They said that you can't do that. You can put golf underneath the logo, but you can't mess with the logo. So we kind of felt that 1912 logo was kind of kind of golf-looking. You know, it's a pretty slick logo. Uh, it's very popular. And we kind of ran with that. And we typically have, uh, you know, if we play a three-day event, we typically have one uniform that has – the 1912 logo on it um so it's been very popular um you know we've been fortunate with the Jayhawk golf partners everybody loves that logo you know and so it's one of the things I get asked about the most uh so sideline quarter zips for men's basketball and then KU golf gear with the 1912 logo and the KU golf bags people love the the bags that the, the guys and gals carry yeah, that was, uh, you know, obviously, Greg, you were involved in that with the design, but we wanted something that we could give to the, the donors and just say thank you for your support. And, and uh, it's been a really, it's been a fun group. I think, you know, we started that Jayhawk Golf Partners literally on the back of a napkin, Coach Wilson and I, and really uh, kind of put our heads together and what works, what doesn't. I know you were involved with it, bouncing ideas off you, but you know, I think that group's up to 125 people. And if you want to get involved, you're watching this show, call me at the Williams Fund. Just call our main number, and I will get you hooked up with the Jeff Golf Partners. Great events we host out here. Have some food and a bar set up. You hit balls with the guys. Do It's just, it's just a fun kind of behind-the-scenes look at, at Kansas men's and women's golf, and you get to see this, this impressive facility. So the next, before we let you go, Talk about the next couple of weeks. We know you're going to the NCAs. What is for the team? What is the next ten days like? Yeah, it's it's kind of hectic. Um, you know, not only are we playing in the NCAA regional, which we'll leave uh, next 
Friday, but uh, we have finals to get through, uh, throw on some U.S. Open qualifying, which people have been, uh, guys have been playing in, Gunnar Brown qualified uh, in Kansas City. How about former KU golfer Kevin Ward? Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. And advanced yeah, he was into in the there. second round of the U.S. Open yeah, qualifier. Yeah, he was, he was with in Gunners uh, yeah. uh, in Kansas City at that sectional. So uh, we have a we have one going down to Wichita. Zach Sokolowski, he's uh, playing at Wichita Country Club. So you know, put finals on top of that. Davis Cooper qualified for the uh, Corn Ferry event. Yep. So he's over in Kansas City, going to work a couple days at, at Blue Hills, get some yardages and all that, because when we come back on Wednesday night from regionals, he tees off Thursday morning. Yeah. So he doesn't have much time. Well, great job. Congrats. Good luck in Norman. We will all be following. Get involved in JL Golf Partners. We're going to have Coach Cool on right after you. We're going to have a whole Golf segment here on the Jagger Podcast. Jagger Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and Black and Veach, along with the President Hotel, downtown Kansas City. Get down there, stay and play, get to the Power and Light District, go to a concert. President Hotel, Kansas Health System, Black and Veach, Jamie Bermel, hole in one guy, Wayne Simeon, Rock Chalk. I had this patient. His cancer treatment had him in the hospital for a while. One day, he was telling me about his grandson and how a big night was coming up for him. So we arranged to make it a big night for my patient too. I sometimes wonder if I'm doing all I can. Then I help make a moment like this possible, and I know I am. Back here with the Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Right back at the Kansas Golf Facility here at the Jayhawker Club, we are joined by second-year head coach Lindsey Cool, who has taken the women's golf program to its second NCAA regional in its history. Welcome, Coach Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. So we were just talking, Wayne and Wayne and I, and you about your path to Kansas before we get into the. NCAA is your path, a uh, uh, longtime coach at Denver, from Denver, was there, you were there for 16 years at Denver University, didn't really think you were going to leave, right? Right. But you decided after turning down multiple offers throughout those 16 years that Kansas was the right choice. What led you to Kansas and how's it gone in your two years? Yes, it has been better than I ever expected. Uh, the reason I looked at KU was really because of Travis Goff and the new AD. Um, when I heard he got the job, you know, I knew of him. I actually um, played college golf at Tulane where his wife played tennis, and we were the same, we're the same age, so we were there at the same time. And I'd kept my, my eyes and ears on Travis when he was at Northwestern. He was at Tulane when I was there as a student athlete as well. But when I heard that he got the KU job to be the athletic director, it sparked my interest a little bit more. And, you know, Kansas is pretty close to Denver. It's only a seven-and-a-half-hour drive. So I still have family in Denver, and we still make the trip often. But it was close. It's Power Five Conference. I knew with Travis's leadership that we could do great things. Yeah, and great things you're doing. And off to a great start, we've heard the phrase ahead of schedule used for one of our other new coaches and his programs, Lance Leipold in football. How exciting is it to be able to be able to use that very same statement for your program as you're taking them to historic heights in only your second year? Well, I'm honored that you say that about me. Um, 
you know what, I will tell you that the success that football's had and Lance has had has really driven me um, to do more for this program and to set higher goals. And I think it's contagious. I really believe that su- success is contagious. And when we see Lance go, you know, 5-0 and the first five games of the season and make a bowl appearance, it really motivated me to, to do the same. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about our goals on this team, and I think that's really the start of how you accomplish them. You have to talk about it. You have to. I'm very open and transparent and honest with my team. And since day one, we talked about the goal of making the regional championship and becoming a top 50 program, which we accomplished this year, both of those things. So it's been really fun, but I, I just think the momentum that we have here at the, in KU Athletics is incredible, and I think all the other teams feel it too. No question about it, and, and you talked about how you kind of get, get the success of football, like we talk about with other sports. You have girls in for recruits. You come on a Saturday at Memorial Stadium, and it's fun. Oh, yeah. You know, in years past, you may not have taken them there because there would be 10,000 people there, but three consecutive sellouts. Travis has done such an amazing job in his two years here across the entire spectrum of Kansas athletics with men's and women's golf, you know, bowl game for 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 uh, football you talk about the wnit for the women you talk about kansas basketball we know what that's all about but it, it is helpful to everybody when you have success as a whole yes absolutely and i saw it coming so it's fun to be a part of it and you know we just talked to coach Bermel about the importance of the facility that we're in now so you come mm-hmm. from denver in a climate that's similar to, to kansas and that you you have some months in the winter that you can't do much if you don't have something like this. So talk about the recruiting process when you bring kids in and you're able to walk into this awesome facility and say, we got hitting bays, we got the simulator, we got track man, you got a locker room lounge. So just talk a little bit about this facility and how much it helps in your recruiting. Oh yeah. And it's part of the reason I'm here too. I I saw obviously the vision, but the facility and it was just finished in, in 2019, so a couple of years before I got here. But this is the first place we take recruits. Um, we go right up to the front and show them this amazing facility. And, and the players that we're looking at are coming for golf. They have that vision to turn pro when they graduate, which we had two players do that this year. Um, but it's, it's amazing. 30 acres of uh, just our own facility where we can go out and, and practice anytime we want, and which is about – Three and a half golf holes out here. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We have the facility indoors, but the way the Jail Club has evolved from Alvamar is that you've got basically the old 10, 11, and 12 of the public that are yours to bunker shots, a little par three, kind of a par five that are your holes just to practice on. Yes. And we have a lot, we have fun uh, with creativity with our practices. I have a great associate head coach in Stephen Bidney, and he makes a lot of our practice plans, but we'll hit, we can hit. Any type of shot on that, that facility, depending on the wind, going any direction. So we use a lot. We have two different types of grass in the back. We have bent and zoysia. We'll use the bent tee, and we'll go. We'll hit out east and hit to the target range um, from shots from 120 yards up to 180, just hitting shots into this green that looks like a par three. And that's helped our game so much this year. It's interesting. You talk about the work that takes place at this facility, but also there was some celebration that took place at this facility. This is where you guys watched uh, the selection show. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that environment, how excited the girls were. You had your family there. There were support staff there. What was that moment like uh, for you guys when you saw uh, the Kansas Jayhawk logo pop up on the screen? 
It was really exciting. I mean, it was everything that we dreamed of in this year, and it came to life. And to have the support that we did, not only through this year, but when they came to the watch party, we had about 50 people here. And they all want us to have success. And I think that's the coolest thing about KU is everybody is cheering for you and wants you to have success. But it was the coolest thing, you know, that I've been a part of in coaching in a long time um, because we worked so hard. And it was something, you know, we've improved almost 30 spots in the rankings from last year. And it's, it's through hard work. It's belief. It's that vision. We talk about it. Like I said, we have vision boards throughout our locker room about going to the regional championship. So just rewarding, I think, is the best way to yeah, say it. Could you just feel the momentum building because there are multiple top five finishes, multiple top ten finishes. Mm-hmm. Esme Hamilton had a great weekend being an all-tournament. Like, could you just kind of feel like a crescendo leading into, into this moment? Yes. And it, it started in January. We started our season pretty early for a uh, a school that can get some snow and some cold weather. We started the, the middle of January. We did a practice trip, but we played well in our very first tournament. January 23rd in Arizona, we beat TCU, which was a big win for us. But that started everything. Then we played well at Central Florida. We played well back in Phoenix at the Westbrook Invitational. Then we played well at the Big 12 match play. We finished second and then finished it up at ASU in the regular season. But all those tournaments, we were getting better. And I think that is really the most exciting part as a coach is to see their improvement and the belief that they have, the confidence growing. Um, But we just played great golf, and we knew exactly what we needed to do and who we needed to beat. And the ladies are – they're high achievers. They're – when they set out to do something and and achieve a goal, they're going to accomplish it. That's the type of people they are. Well, you kind of glossed over it, and I want to talk about the match play deal, the first ever Big 12 match play. You go in there and you get second. End up losing to Texas, but talk about that week and, and how you got to that point and, and how proud you were of it, mm-hmm. you know, even though you didn't win it, but getting to the finals was huge. Yes. So we were kind of the under, underdog. We were the seventh seed going in, never played a format like this before. Um, so we actually played in a threesome, playing two matches at a time. So we played Oklahoma State and um, Texas the first day, and we tied. We lost to Texas and tied Oklahoma State. Um, so we're feeling good, you know, to tie Oklahoma State. They're a 19th-ranked program. And then we played later that afternoon. We played Iowa State and Texas Tech, and we lost to them. But the next morning was our big morning. We got to play Kansas State and Oklahoma, and they were the 8th and ninth seed. And we dominated that morning. And we just saw our name go up the leaderboard because it was all about how many points you earn in all your matches. And we beat Oklahoma 5-0, and the only team to do that at the, the tournament. And then we beat Kansas State. And that led us to get the number one seed for the final two matches. We tied Baylor and won in a playoff. And then we played Texas um, and we lost one and four. But it was a great experience and one that I thought the girls really thought that they could win. So it was a big, actually a big letdown. It took us a while to get over that tournament because we were so close. But a big, big momentum builder for our program. Well, even though Wayne announced it on Twitter that he made a hole-in-one, we just talked to Coach Bermel. <laughs> we, just, we just talked to Coach Bermel about it. And, and I bring it up, number one, we can make it all about Wayne again. <laughs> but number two, you had a, a hole – one of your girls had a hole-in-one yes. in a tournament this year. Yes, How Lauren often Clark. does that happen? Not very often. Right. I think I've had two in my coaching career. Really? But Lauren Clark, yeah, at uh, the Westbrook tournament, number four. Do you remember yardage and club? One, okay, Lauren, if I get this wrong, I'm sorry. 158, six iron. Okay. 
And so I see, I wasn't there, but I see her on the next hole and she's shaking. She's like, coach, I need you to calm, to calm down. I had no idea. I couldn't hear, I didn't hear the crowd or anything. She's like, I'm shaking. I just had a hole in one. Can you walk with me this hole? Um, so it was her first. And, awesome. and was she forced to buy drinks for everyone at that clubhouse? <laughs> I imagine I not. So, so, so let, well, let, let off me a little bit, Greg. Okay. Yeah. So cheap. Yeah. He's so cheap. Like he's, he's frustrated that like next time we go out, I want him to pay. <laughs> that's how it works. Oh correct? yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. And okay. I think it's like the whole month. It's not just wow. that. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Okay. So he's it goes an on NBA guy. The he's got tons month. of money. Well, that was 20 years ago with a lot more mouths to feed now. So I want Katie to allow me to continue to play right. golf yeah, exactly. and so coming back with a big bar tab after a hole in one which she cares nothing about probably isn't going to right. help that that <laughs> that happen well you know we also another thing we talked to coach Bermel about I want to get your perspective on how much uh practice do your girl like do they like practicing more than playing I know that sounds crazy when you play when you play basketball you play whatever you love to play games and situations but the technology that golf has now, yeah. how much are, is, is it the same? Do they want to be in here 70% of the time and then go play? Or what, what's the breakdown? You know, I think our ladies are still really competitive that they rather play and count a score and, and compete. But I will say our practice plans are pretty fun. So we do have fun. We do a lot of competitions. We use our track man. We use the quad. We do a lot of putting games and short game. But I think why they like to have practice and they enjoy our structured practices is because it is. It's competitive. Take us through a, a day in the life. Like when, when they show up, how, how long? Now, you can have X amount of hours with the girls, but they can they have access to this facility whenever mm -hmm. they want. They can come here in the dark mm -hmm. and come here at 6 in the morning. Yep. But, but take us through an actual day, of, day in the life. Yeah, so we, we work out twice a week in the morning. Um, so let's say we work out in the morning, come here, and we have a three-hour practice. We will meet at wherever we start, and we have the ladies in different groups. So we might have two or three groups, and we're going to cover all areas of the game. So we'll start. I do putting, so that's kind of my specialty. So I'll work on a lot of lag putting and maintenance putting. Um, we have some great devices, Capto, to measure. It's like a track man for putting. Yeah. It can ma measure the path and the face and your speed and all of that. So we'll check in on that. So maybe that's 30, 45 minutes. Then they'll go over to short game with Coach B and do some, a lot of pitches, a lot of shots around the green, bunker shots, lob shots, bump and runs, hybrids, any type of shot out of rough so that they feel comfortable on the course. And then finally, we'll we'll end maybe an hour, hour and a half of hitting at the back and doing some games, like I said, you've got to hit two in a row within 15 feet. Or we'll check our, our yardages and our distances with the quad. Um, but we're really, we'll play a fairway game where you have to hit 10 fairways in a row on a, a really narrow fairway that we make out of the driving range. But it's all competition and pressure. Sometimes we sure. do it where all six players have to do it in a row to finish the drill and finish the practice for the day. So you share the facility with the men's program. Uh, this is the first time both of you guys have uh, advanced to NCAA regional uh, since 1990. How do you guys complement one another? Is uh, there shared practices? Is there uh, competitions that you guys work with together? Yeah, you know, it's, it's nothing formal, but we'll practice out together at, at the – at the range here, the short game area. But I will say, you know, their success has really driven us. And making the regional championship for now seven years in a row, 
we've all, we, we want to be like that. We want to be a consistent top 25 program, you know, and their success last year really drove us to when they made the national championship and were consistently in the top 25. So we're trying to do more together with the men's team. And I think our ladies love to play with the men. I think the men love to play with us. We can all learn from each other. And when both teams have success like this, it just makes for a really special, fun environment to be in. And you've provided such a shot in the arm for our women's program. And so I want to give you this platform to talk about fundraising because yeah. this is, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. the golf facility. It's a non-revenue sport. I hate that term, but it's, it's, it's an accurate description. And so you have to go out and, and raise some money. We have a ton of support from Kansas Athletics, but there's always more that is needed, whether it's a piece of equipment, whether it's a certain kind of travel, but kind of talk about, your philosophy on how to fundraise and, and how people can get involved. Yes. Um, well, email me if you're interested in giving to our program. But I love to reach out to former players and get them involved. And we have such a great ladies group here at the Jayhawk Club, at Lawrence Country Club. We get so – we just hosted our, a tournament this fall, and we had so many volunteers, a lot of ladies from both of these clubs. But there's so many people in Lawrence that want to help out and want to be a part of our program. And we've done a lot of new initiatives with them this year. But, you know, I'm really looking to make a great student-athlete experience for our players. So, like you said, with the transportation, so flying on uh, private to some places, I think is a great experience for our ladies. Equipment, like you said, trying to get all of our players new clubs. And then we're getting to be a little bit more competitive with our schedule. So we're going to different places we've never gone before. We went to Mexico last year. And we're traveling all over the country to see different types of courses, types of grass, type of, types of competition. Um, so we're ready for the regional championship and the national championship. But we appreciate the sport support. We couldn't do it without extra fundraising dollars. You know, we have great support from KU, but it's the extra things. It's the little things that I have as my vision for this program to make a great experience for our student-athletes. And what we'll do is we'll put your email address yes. and Jamie's on this podcast, so please uh, uh, help out any way you can. Wayne yeah, and you've I've got some extra events coming up as well, right? Some camps and clinics yeah. for some – Uh, those new to golf, some experienced golfers, why don't you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so we have a ladies clinic coming up uh, May 19th and May 26th, Friday, I think it's 5 to 7, both days. Um, Coach Bindi and I are just going to put on for just for women um, out here at the Jayhawk Club covering all areas of the game. Then we're going to do an elite junior camp in the end of July, and then a kids camp, 6 to 12 years old, also in July, and information is now up on our website for those two camps. But we're trying to do more. We want to get the community involved. We want supporters. We want fans. These ladies deserve it. So let's talk about the regional. You're heading to Georgia where you spent mm-hmm. six, seven months coaching there uh, before you went to Denver, correct? Mm-hmm. So you have a little familiarity with the area, but talk about the next week to ten days on what it means for your girls' travel and who's all in this regional? Yes. So it is a competitive regional. Only five teams advance, and there's 12 teams there. And we're the ninth seed. So we're going to have to play well, and we know that. But we've done it before. You know, every time we've set a goal this spring, we've accomplished it except one time. So we're confident that we can finish in the top five. But we've worked really hard this week, and we'll continue. Um, we leave Saturday. So it's just a couple days away, but we will continue to work. Ball striking is really key there. So we've worked a lot on irons, longer irons, what the par threes are going to look like. There's a lot of drop-offs 
um, and kind of right of the green is a, is a bad miss at the University of Georgia. And then lag putting, um, big undulating greens. So if we can get our speed control and ball striking under control, I think we'll have a really good chance. Well, Coach Cool, thank you for your time. If you want to get involved in Kansas women's golf, we'll, we'll have information up here on the, on the screen. So you can just email mm-hmm. Lindsay directly and say, I want to get yes. involved. I want to buy something. I want to fly you somewhere. I want to host you at my club in Kansas City, Topeka, Wichita, something. Yes. Any, you, you'll take anything that people will. are, are willing to give. Absolutely. So, and these, like she said, these ladies deserve it. It's going to be a great next couple of weeks. Good luck in the regional. Thank, Thank you. you for coming on and uh, doing great things here with Kansas Women's Golf. I am Greg Gurley along with Wayne Simeon. This has been Lindsay Cool for the Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, Black and Veach, and the President Hotel, downtown Kansas City. Rock Chalk.